Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my Eye Clarity Podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest Eye Clarity episode. Hey everybody, good evening. It's Dr. Sam and I'm here on Facebook Live. So glad to be back. I've been off for a few weeks and um, we've got a great set of questions. So I'm going to jump in. First of all, I'm going to make an announcement that, you know, you can send me your questions through my website, hello at drsamburn.com. But we now have a new feature where you can actually text me directly and I will answer your questions. So let me give you that number, one 942 That's one 942 So if you have a question, you can always text me there. You get me directly and I'll be happy to do my best to answer your question. So we've got so many questions tonight being off. It's just kind of collected. So I'm going to jump right in and uh, I want to take a question from a concerned mom. And she's got a son who's been diagnosed with a condition where the pupils, the pupil is the part of the eye that regulates the light going in. It's kind of the dark part of the eye where the iris, the colored part, controls the muscle. And anyway, this condition is called anisocoria. It means that there's an unequal pupil size. And she thinks that he was born with it, but didn't notice it for uh, a while, a few months. She feels that it might be from the Pitocin that a lot of uh, moms get when they're in the, the labor period. And that does kind of disconnect the, the infant from the mother and doing a lot of study over the years in perinatal and prenatal therapy, craniosacral and sensory motor development, I do feel that the birth is one of the critical imprints in our sensory motor development. So anyways, she goes on that, um, anyways, um, she wants to know what I think in terms of this unequal pupil size and something called anisocoria. So some of the symptoms of this unequal pupil size could be things like double vision, blurred vision. Um, sometimes you can get things like headaches or nausea. Another thing that I see with this imbalance of the pupil is actually neck stiffness, neck issues. And, you know, we just had our workshop and I was talking about the cervical spine and how when it gets tight, it actually can affect our eye muscles. You know, and with the neck issue, it's also there can be a relationship between a tight neck and the, the astigmatism that can occur. Anyways, uh, why do we get this unequal 
pupil size? Well, definitely it can be caused because of trauma, head trauma. Um, sometimes there's an inflammation somewhere in the optic nerve. Uh, more serious things like um, meningitis, aneurysms, seizures. I, I'm not sure that those relate. I would think it'd be more related to the trauma or possibly an inflammation going on. And one of the things that occurs when the pupils are unequal is that this can cause a sensitivity to light. And so, you know, you need to go to your eye doctor and, and at least get the physical exam, which I think that she has done. But one of the things that I explore with all of these kind of strange neurological issues, the pupil being one of the main ones, is that if there is an anisocoria, it doesn't mean that there's going to be, you know, um, a serious problem later on. There can be a, a problem in the, the person's focusing and also their light sensitivity. But <clears throat> I would consider, first of all, ruling out the condition called Horner's syndrome. <clears throat> and I think this mom has done that. Horner's syndrome sometimes is a um, is a problem that uh, affects the pupil response. <clears throat> it doesn't sound like that's an issue. I would probably put it to something like birth trauma, and I would definitely get some some craniosacral therapy. I think cranial work, uh, and you have to find somebody who's really skilled working with infants and toddlers. <clears throat> He's three years old, so sometimes it's difficult to get a child to to lay down or calm down. I know in my pediatric training, <clears throat> we worked with a lot of kids and we would do our sessions, say for five or 10 minutes, and then we would do, you know, our vision therapy or sensory motor integration. But even like 10 minutes is sometimes a really great uh, treatment to start to balance the two eyes. Another thing that I think is very important is looking at the primitive survival reflexes. So this is directed for all the parents out there. One of the, one of the major reflexes, and we actually covered this in our retreat this weekend, even adults have this reflex, it's called the Moro reflex. And the Moro is our startle response. And it's driven by our vestibular system, it's driven by our pupil response, and our fight, flight, freeze response. So it's a reflection of our nervous system. And whenever there's any kind of uh, birth interference, usually these primitive survival reflexes don't integrate very well. And so working with OTs over the years, what I like to do is combine the primitive reflex integration therapy for these kids, especially the Moro integration, the fear paralysis integration, and then um, doing some cranial work. So that would be the place I would start and, uh, you know, take it from there. Usually medications don't work and, uh, you know, you can rule out some of the more serious neurological conditions. I don't think that that's the issue, but I think it's the, the source of it is probably some type of birth trauma. So I hope that's helpful. Thank you for the question. All right, let's go to question two. This is another interesting question. This is from a mom who has had two pregnancies and she is now dealing with blurry vision. So the thing with blurry vision, uh, 
when you're pregnant, I mean, the first thing you got to consider is hormonal changes. And the hormonal changes actually affect the uh, ability to produce the proper tears on the cornea. Sometimes the cornea, we know the cornea is the, the window of the front window of the eye and the eyelids are producing the tears. What happens in uh, pregnancy is sometimes the cornea will change its thickness, the degree of um, tears that are produced. That's, that's one thing to consider. And obviously it is disturbing because you get this inconsistency of blurriness. Now you're dealing with a change in the fluid in the body. Some, sometimes you can get things, you know, we know when we're pregnant, nausea, weight gain, back aches, swollen feet, lymphatic issues. So all of these are going to inform the eyes in their own fluid system. Remember the eyes are made up of mostly collagen and fluid. So it's really, it's really normal to experience bouts of, um, of blurriness or intermittent blur blurriness. And the good news is that usually, <clears throat> usually there is some resolution after birth you know, there was a study, this was interesting, there was a study published in a German international journal and found about 15% of all pregnancies, um, women had uh, this intermittent blurry vision. And it can be related to things like morning sickness, again, migraines, um, and, you know, just nausea. So when you get these, you know, uh, blurry vision bouts where, you know, there's this intermittent situation, obviously the first thing to know, and I don't know in this case, if um, this, um, this person is actually wearing a prescription, it's probably the worst time to go to your eye doctor and try to get fit with contact lenses or glasses. I mean, I never would do that. We would always wait, um, you know, till after birth. But even if there isn't any prescription and there's blurry vision, there are a couple things that I would recommend. Number one, I would start using some natural eye drops, things like Optique homeopathic eye drops. My 5% MSM eye drops work really well. I'm going to continue on. Number two, I think doing some physical eye therapy exercises, anything like my end palm hum exercise, that's a great one for eye relaxation and that can actually restore some of the fluid imbalance in the eyes, especially if you do it throughout the day. You can even, so back to this, humming is so great to do on your eyes. You know, there've been studies that show that when you actually hum, it improves the nitric oxide in your bloodstream and nitric oxide is one of those great ingredients that acts as a vasodilator on all the blood vessels in the body, even the eyes. So doing that palm hum, and plus it's great to do sound on the fetus. Uh, it's one of the best things you can do. And so um, that's a good one. Another one you could do would be something like my yin-yang peripheral vision exercise. Uh, that's a focusing exercise. Again, that's on my website. So those would be some things that I would consider. And, uh, you know, you need to be careful about uh, multivitamins and things like that. So you have to work with your, your doctor on that. But obviously some really good ingredients for eye health would be things like lutein, zeaxanthin, vitamin A, astaxanthin, your healthy fats and oils. You know, usually 
in pregnancy, it's very important that you boost your omega-3s anyway. So, you know, I'm sure you're doing that, but those would be some of the things I would do. And don't fret because it is a pretty normal situation uh, just from a, you know, um, a deep hormonal level of, you know, what you're dealing with. Obviously, there's some things like preeclampsia, gestational diabetes. I mean, these are things that you have to consider, uh, which I'm sure you're working with your doctor. Uh, but, you know, anytime your blood pressure changes, uh, anytime there's, um, you know, blood sugar levels that go up and down, this also can cause intermittent blurred vision. I mean, we see this all the time with uh, diabetic retinopathy. I'm not saying you have that. But certainly gestational diabetes and preeclampsia are conditions that um, you need to consider. All right, I'm going to go on to question three. This is a gal who's got a condition called papillary conjunctivitis. I actually call this giant papillary conjunctivitis. And another term for that is called GPC. So in this particular situation, there are bumps that begin to grow or, or they form underneath the eyelid. So it's the inside part of the eyelid. And it can be really itchy. Uh, there are two main types. There's the kind of allergic type of GPC, and then there's the, the viral type of GPC. And both of these conjunctivituses, uh, you can actually feel the bumps when you, when you blink and it's on the underneath part of the eyelid. It's itching, redness, sometimes you get mucus. And so, you know, the main way to treat this uh, traditionally is either using a corticosteroid eye drop or you can use an antibiotic sometimes. Well, of course, you know, I don't like to use those or if I, I am gonna use those, it would be short for short periods of time. I think my number one thing in any kind of conjunctivitis is getting a really high quality colloidal silver. Colloidal silver works really well for eyelid inflammation, things like pink eye or this particular condition. Obviously, this happens more readily with contact lens wearers. So if you wear contacts, obviously you need to put them aside until the condition completely resolves. But I would start with colloidal silver um, you know, getting a, a really high quality colloidal silver, doing that a few times a day. You can also do the MSM eye drops. Those work really well. And um, I also like to do in the evening a castor oil eye, mas uh, eye massage, castor oil eye drop. I actually have a, a new one I'm going to be releasing in maybe two weeks. So castor oil is great as a, an agent that helps uh, reduce irritation in the skin, eyelid, uh, irritation, um, itching, redness, you know, all of those things that can occur. So that's kind of the deal on that. Now I'm going to take another question. This is from a gentleman who's been following me for a while and he's got minus 13 myopia. So we're going to do a myopia question. He's also got minus three astigmatism. He's 21 years old and he wants to know, is there any hope for him? Well, you know, the bottom line with whatever prescription you're starting with, it's really great to, number one, in non-demanding and non-threatening situations, take your lenses off, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes, say, or not putting them in right away in the morning, and 
process emotionally how you're doing with the blur. Because with myopia, blur is like your enemy. When you are involved with blurry vision, what happens is you get triggered and go, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my vision. Uh, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. I'm out of control. And so by taking that brace off, that lens off, I call it a brace, it's basically reinforcing the prescription that the doctor is calculating when you go for the exam. And certainly there's probably a genetic uh, condition here. There may be um, environmental, how you've been using your eyes. You know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why for that level of myopia. So that would be number one, 10 or 15 minutes a day, go without them and really develop self-awareness on how you feel about the blur. Then the second thing is, and you'll have to negotiate this with your eye doctor if you can, is to get a reduced prescription, maybe get a minus 11 prescription. And of course, you know, I tend to go with contacts at this level, and you could even just get a pair of contact lenses at the reduced prescription. Or another way to do it would be to go to the drugstore and get a pair of plus two glasses that you would wear over your minus 13 contacts. Hopefully you're in contacts. And that's a great prescription for indoors, for your screen time, for reading. And just start wearing that around. You know, in my case, when I was very nearsighted and my doctor prescribed a reduced prescription, it wasn't a big reduction, but I started to wear it indoors and I immediately, my eyes felt more relaxed. I slowed down. I couldn't believe how much better I felt by wearing that reduced prescription. And over a period of about three months, it actually became my distance prescription. So there's a lot to be said about taking your, your normal prescription you get from your eye doctor and then going to the drugstore and getting a plus lens pair of glasses, somewhere between plus one and a quarter and plus two. I think in your case, a plus two would work great. And just start wearing that indoors, wear it to walk, wear it and explore it. So those would be two things that I would say would, would kind of set you off in a different direction. And it could be really helpful in showing you that you could actually improve your vision. Obviously, getting some things like craniosacral therapy or acupuncture, any ways you can re reduce the kind of the stress in your nervous system could be really beneficial for you. All right, let's go on. I'm going to uh, take a, que a question from, uh, is it Carol? How can I get the pressure in the bad eye to go up from two? Okay, so you're dealing with uh, possibly uh, low tension glaucoma or just very low eye pressure. I think one of the ways to do that would be number one, getting some acupuncture. You know, we know that in Chinese medicine, many of the meridians that um, that go to the eyes uh, connect to the glands and organs in the body. And so, if you boost the energy from the say the organ, say your liver or your gallbladder that might be a way for you to start um, increasing that eye pressure. Another thing you could do gently is doing some lymphatic massage, lymphatic stimulation. So that could be craniosacral, it could be uh, getting some just regular uh, massage. But lymphatic health sometimes can also improve uh, your eye pressure. You might consider my exercise, the end palm hum, that might work well. And then in terms of some supplementation, 
my big three are uh, nitric oxide, number two would be ginkgo, and number three would be bilberry. Those are really helpful at improving the circulation in the eyes. Um, so, you know, making sure you're getting those, um, that rainbow diet, um, red, orange, yellow, green, veggies and fruits. And, you know, when you have that low eye pressure, you've got to do some things to improve your lymph health, the, the lymph flow, the fluid flow in the eyes. And, you know, it's going to take time. I don't know your history, so I'm not sure what's behind the pressure going low. Sometimes it's some kind of an eye surgery, like a retinal detachment or cataract surgery or a vitrectomy. So I don't know what's going on there. But certainly, um, you know, if you can start accessing your lymphatic health on a systemic and metabolic level, that can go a long way in helping you. All right, I'm going to take one more question and I got to run. Uh, this is from uh, Jane and she's following me on TikTok and she wants to know, this is a good question, she wants to know how to reduce her dependency on her magnifying glasses. Well, this is a good one. Number one, I would start wearing pinhole glasses for your reading. You will be amazed that when you wear pinhole glasses, when you read, you'll be able to see the print. And so that would be one, number one. Number two, whatever magnification lens you are currently wearing, I would wear maybe a little bit less. So you're writing that you wear a plus two. I would probably start reading with a plus 150. I think that that's a, a good option. Uh, make sure you've got good lighting, good energy. And then number three would to do my eye exercise, the minus lens to blur. This is revolutionary where you actually where during the exercise, the opposite lens to what you normally wear. And this is, this is a fabulous exercise. When you wear that and things are really blurry, it's making your muscles work more. So when you take off the lens, actually you're going to see more clearly and it kind of gives your muscles a little more juice, a little more responsiveness because magnification lens do one thing and one thing only. They reduce your responsiveness to your eye muscles because it makes things artificially bigger than they really are. So your muscles just shut down. And you probably know this because when you've worn reading glasses for a period and then you take them off, you see worse. And this is exactly the, the slippery slope you don't want to go down. So use them sparingly. Do the minus lens for blur. Be careful about the plus lenses you're using. Not too much power. And use the pinhole glasses. They work incredibly well. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Remember, if you've got um, questions, you can email me either through my website, hello at drsamburn.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.